8-Bit Shit Show. Hello and welcome to another episode of that 8-Bit Shit Show. I'm your host Adam and I'm here with the font of all gaming knowledge, Tom. Bonjour, <laughs> bon la maison. Oui, oui. How are you doing this week? I've just been reading uh, some French words in my new microphone. I bought a new mic. Yes. So if I sound sultry and, you know, amazing, that's that's all down to the mic. And did you know that this, uh, the clamp that puts on the table in in German is a Tischklemmer? (laughs) I didn't, but uh, that is a good name. I like it. Yeah, it's a good mic, man. I like it. It's, uh, It's improved your tone. That means I can send you my old one. It might improve your damn tone. I know, yeah. Hopefully. Um, so yeah, what have you uh, what have you been up to this week? Um, working and playing Super Mario Kart. Excellent. That's a bit of a spoiler. That's what we're going to be talking about this week. Is uh... oh, oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Super Mario Kart. So uh, yeah, before we get well, into I mean, that, it, though... I mean, it, it, it's going to say it on the episode title. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's already. So I a guess. I guess like. That would give the game away. <laughs> That's Maybe. very true. Yeah, yeah. So what what, uh, what beer have you got to see you through this episode? I have Scratter Central. You've got what? Can, some, something from Scratter Central. Oh, a can of Amstel. Oh, God. That's proper shit. That's the, that's the kind of week it's been. Fair enough. Oh. It's been so bad you need to Amstel to get through to it. To be honest, no, to be honest, like... Sometimes, like a football hooligan lager, <laughs> is what you need on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, can't argue with that. Do you so, I, I've gone for a, it couldn't be more different. I've gone for a raspberry and vanilla spring stout. <laughs> not, I was going to say a stout. That's not even a fucking beer. No, it's a stout. Raspberry, well, no, raspberry and vanilla I'm more concerned about. It's like those milk stouts oh, you get and you're just like, come on, what? But saying that, I when when I was over in the Isle of Man, watching the uh, the TT racing, yeah, yeah, they have a oyster stout made with genuine oysters. Ooh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a, it's a bit of a salty surprise. I've got to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't sound. It's good. also about seven quid. It's about seven quid a pint. Oh, okay. Again, but no, not... it's, it's a it's a good t- it's a good time over when the TT's on. I'm gutted it didn't happen this year. Yeah, I mean, and it's a bit segue shit, talking of racing. Oh, nice! I see what you've done there. I see what you've done there. It was so, unplanned as well. It was. Um, that was really good. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go straight into then what we're going to talk about this week, which is, as you know, Super Mario Kart. Um, an absolute classic. Um, so, do you want me to talk about the the back of the box stuff? Yeah, go on. What what, what is it like? I mean. It's got to be quite easy to describe, hasn't it? It's like Mario in a, in a cart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty it's much what it super. says. <laughs> the players have dropped the check checkered flag and Super Mario Kart has crossed the finish line as one of the best Super NES games of all time. So they don't sell it short on the back of the box. Um, Came out in 1992 and they're already claiming it's one of the best Super <laughs> NES games of all time. <laughs> Um, better yet, the Super Mario Go-Kart pack is still open for tons of racing fun. Um, I'm not sure what they're getting at on the back of this box, but essentially it just tells you, yeah, we've made a great game and go play it. 
So, Tom, do you want to get into the the dev of this game and talk about the background? Yeah, well, so we're doing, like, obviously we, we know this is going to be a bit of a, a, a short episode. There's nothing really that, like, interesting to talk about <laughs> we just wanted to play super mario kart and we've we've had some some busy times so we, we jumped let's, let's just just for clarity's sake we were supposed to be reviewing flashback this week but it was that tragically fucking shit that we just stopped <laughs> playing it and oh, decided man. to change what we were doing yeah it was so any bad. any flashback fans out there you're just wrong so super mario kart yeah 1992 kart racing game this was developed and published by nintendo so it was developed by the um, r&d4 because nintendo they have this great way of naming their development studios is like R and D one, and then they got another one, and they're like, "What should we call this?" R and D two. Genius. So yeah, this was R and D four. Released in Japan, North America, ninety two, Europe the following year. It went on to sell eight point seven six million copies worldwide, and became the fourth best Super Nintendo ge- selling Super Nintendo game of all time. Super Mario Kart was re-released on the Wii Virtual Console 2009 and on the Wii U's Virtual Console um, 2013. Uh, and it's it was re-released on the Super NES Classic Edition, so you can find it over there. And I've been playing it on the Switch. Okay, yeah. Because uh, it's bundled in with the Switch Online, um, you know, greatest hits, SNES and NES games. Oh, now, nice. I went back and when I say did some research... On this, I watched a YouTube video of someone else's research because <laughs> okay. I was busy. So I just want to give credit to Thomas Game Docs on YouTube. Um, it means really good stuff to go back and just like get those summaries of all the the ways the games we love came to be. Cool. Um, so Dev for this started in 1990, so it took a couple of years, and R&D Four had just finished on F Zero. Um, Miyamoto by this point was like studio head. So obviously Miyamoto from Super Mario fame, um, probably Nintendo's most famous designer. Uh, he tasked the designers converting F Zero into a multiplayer experience. Um, the problem is F Zero kind of pushed the SNES to its absolute fucking limits anyway. So to achieve that, they were going to have to shorten the tracks and make them kind of intertwine in themselves, so that the overall square area that the levels occupied would be a lot smaller and also they were going to have to um slower the cars slow the cars right down and that as you know everyone knows f-zero is just about going as fast as you can it's some of the early anti-grav races and that's what those games were all about so they said this was kind of starting to feel like well this is where they realized this feels a bit like driving go-karts rather than <laughs> other vehicles so the designers jumped on this and uh and i don't have their names here unfortunately but they jumped on this and watched videos about go-kart and then they took the team out to a, a local track. And this is where Miyamoto kind of said to me, you know, can't you tell what they're like without driving them? And this was the fact that they went and got that experience is kind of integral to the game because their big takeaways from it were like the low perspectives you get from the drive, um, that you feel G-forces, uh, and, you know, that leads into drifting. Yeah. Um, which is obviously probably, you know, it's, big feature of mario kart that still is like you can't win without drifting in mario kart that's interesting um team built a petrol powered go-kart and tested it extensively in the office there's not a full-size one this is remote control okay um but they just wanted the programmers to feel like that's what they became really really focused on getting this to feel right Mm. and not just be like a re-badged car racer yeah um and actually the intentional uh 
the original intention was to use realistic physics, but the lead program, this is a quote from the lead program, said, I spent a lot of time studying the physics of speed, friction, and inertia, but soon I realized that if I followed the rules of physics faithfully, the controls didn't feel like a game at all. It comes down to this. In a real car, the, feeling, the feel of the steering wheel is like an analog device, but the SNES control pad uses digital on-off switches. Because of this, I had to go back and tinker with the controls over and over until I approximated something that felt right. So I think that's like, you can all say this has a unique feel, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Massively. Yeah, yeah. And Mario Kart always has. Yeah, 100%. It, it doesn't feel like your standard, as you say, and they didn't want it to. It doesn't feel like your standard sort of generic racer, does it? It's completely different. No, not at all. Um, so then, you know, at the, at the time, this was still an unbranded uh, game. Um, but they realized it looked really good when you stopped your car and all the other players went flying past. So they decided they wanted to um, swap the playing characters for recognizable ones that had recognizable silhouettes, colors, mm. um, and whatnot. And when you look back at like the development of Super Mario, the reason Mario's green and Luigi's uh, Mario's red, Luigi's green, is because it's they were so similar in look that yeah. they had to have this color palette swap to make them really um, distinct. So Nintendo had a bunch of characters that were already designed to look distinct with lower graphical ability. Um, lower graphical fidelity so they decided to stick mario in it um then they decided to stick luigi in uh and then they they added yoshi peach toad and bouncer and mario then they thought let's put donkey kong jr funnily enough not donkey <laughs> kong in it i guess because donkey kong jr was a good guy yeah yeah um, donkey kong was a baddie um yeah and then in the end they added cooper trooper at the end so all of these characters have like unique silhouettes and and um are really recognizable so it feels like you've got a lot of you know it always feels i always feel these mario games outside of the mainline mario games give this weird feeling that like actually they're all just friends with each other and they, they <laughs> yeah. do all these like crazy stupid stuff but then when they're in like the main mario games it's like oh that's their job and they have to to be serious for that bit and i think this is where that started it's the first mario party yeah. type game um so yeah uh then they were thinking, well, and before they did that, actually, the the characters were just men in overalls. Um, okay. So they, they kind of finished up in the racing mode, and they moved on to working on a battle mode. Um, this originally took place in a big empty arena where the cars consistently shot out balls of energy to attack their opponents, and for each hit, you get a point. Um, Playtesters found that they got completely dizzy and disorientated playing it, mm. so they added obstacles and landmarks, and... um. Miyamoto said that, you know, the very fact battle mode has nothing to do with racing is what made us want to add it. It gave special attention um, and gave it special attention. It helped strengthen the image of the game. It's not you get to become a world-class racer, but rather you get to race around and play in this go-kart with your friends. So it's just what we were saying, isn't it, about Nintendo and Mario? They, they, you feel that all the characters in the game are friends, and then you get to sit with your friends and play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a massive part of this game, isn't it? Which we'll go That's on a massive about. part difference of go karting and competitive racing. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of downtime with your friend, isn't it? And that's really reflected in this. So that makes a lot of sense hearing that actually. Yeah. So back in the early days, the only means of attack was dropping oil cans on the track. Mm. Um, but once they added the Mario characters and not the men in overalls, <laughs> they replaced the oil can with banana peels because Donkey Kong Jr. was in it. Then they added um, items to fire in front of you for battle mode and whatever. Um, apparently, these were modelled on Japanese tests of courage called Kimodamishi. Okay. Where young children will exploit 
explore creepy places, waiting for their friends to jump out. <laughs> Miyamoto said that you experience fear even if nothing happens. It's precisely because you don't know what's going to happen that makes it intense. So he's referencing the fact that people pick up items, but you don't know what they're carrying. Uh, yeah, okay. That's or, you cool. or, you know, you're in first place, and is, <laughs> is that red shell going to get me? Yeah. Um, and the final item they added was a lightning bolt because they wanted something drastic to shake up the game. And all of these were obviously designed to help people who were doing poorly catch up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it. And that's how we got Mario Kart. And that's... It's just typical Nintendo polish. Now, one other thing I really want to touch on here that's vitally important is Mode 7 graphics. Okay. Now, this is... Um, Mode 7 is, so basically there's, uh, the Super NES has seven different graphical modes. Um, and the seventh of which was what was unique to the system. Um, and they called it Mode 7. And it was uh, allowed background layers to be rotated and scaled on a scanline by scanline basis to create different effects. The most famous of these is an application where a perspective effect on a background layer by scaling, rotating the background layer, transforming the background, into 2D horizontal texture map planes that trades height for depths. Um, now, this sounds like a load of nonsense, but what it essentially does is it creates the impression of 3D graphics. Okay, yeah. This was, um, you know, they use this in uh, in um, F-Zero. I mean, there's a whole list of games that use this. Actraiser, um, Bastard, apparently, used it. <laughs> Chrono Trigger, Demon's Crest, F-Zero, a lot of the Final Fantasies. Um, a big selling point, R-Type. So it wasn't always used to, for 3D presentation, but a lot of the time that's what it was for. Yeah. This was actually the whole reason that Sega came up with the term blast processing. Right, okay. Because they were like, oh, we need something. Yeah, we so they, they, Yeah, so they um, basically, I can't remember what they had on their system, but they had something that was fairly inconsequential, and they were like, oh, well, we have this that... um. Super Nintendo doesn't have, yeah. and then they're like, "Oh yeah, that's good." And he's then the program is like, "Yeah, but it doesn't really do anything." And they're like, "Yeah, that, that doesn't matter." And we're going to rename it Blast Processing because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So yeah, there's big, big, um, important thing that made this like Super Nintendo exclusive was that Mode Seven. Okay. You hear that chucked around a lot. I don't quite understand how it works, but I know it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. Awesome. Yeah. That's um. That's interesting to hear, man, because um, this game, it does look really nice. Um, like, what, what do you think about the uh, the aesthetic on this? Because I think it's... Uh, it's... Uh, well, no, I mean, it looked good for the time. Yeah, that's, but yeah. The, pro- the problem is, is the texture mapping on the ground plane mm. and the backgrounds is um is obviously really high contrast repeat stamp texture mapping yeah. that just fucks with your eyes massively yeah and I'll get onto that when I talk about the gameplay but um so I I actually think although the game has um like heaps of character and it's really cool it's very much like ah uh, this was the beginning of it all yeah looks wise like it it's quite like. I've gone back and played it, but I'm, the looks have put me off wanting to go, oh, I'm going to jump back into this time and time again. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it's it's an assault on your eyes, isn't it? Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, so in terms of the, uh, the the gameplay itself then and the characters, let's just talk a little bit about that then. Um, so obviously, as we've talked about, it's a go, go-kart style racing game set in the world of Mario, and it's one or two player. Um, 
and you can choose to play as one of the eight characters which you've mentioned before. They're actually set into um, pairs as well. So Mario and Luigi are called the Bros. Princess Peach and Yoshi are called the Dino and the Princess. Toad and Koopa Troop are the small guys. Okay. And Bowser and Donkey Kong are the showdown, apparently. How do you know they're set into pairs? Where's that listed? It was just some trivia I found on online. Um, okay. It's probably so, the manual stuff. I haven't got the manual. I have. It's in my box, but the box is on the shelf. Yeah. So I just thought it was quite interesting that they're set off into, into pairs. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything in the actual game itself. Bowser and Donkey Kong Jr., or if it was the original Donkey Kong, they should be called the Rapists. Because <laughs> that was essentially, wasn't that their goal, really? And I suppose in it the was. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Fair dues. I mean, that wouldn't have gone down so well, I don't think. But uh, there's also um, there's three classes of cart in the game. Um, now, you start off with two available to you, so the 50cc and the 100cc. Um, and you can later unlock the... And I, I finished with two available. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. You can also unlock 150cc uh, by beating the game uh, in its entirety. Um and the difficulty of the game obviously increases given the faster speeds in each car, um, in each uh, CC of car. So um, that's the basic premise. You've got, uh, in single player, which we'll talk about first, you've got two modes that you can play. So that's uh, GP mode. You've got uh, two modes. You've got GP mode and you've got the mode that no one plays. <laughs> Time trial mode, yeah. Which is, it does what it says in the tin. It's pretty pointless because the SNES, the SNES doesn't save your times anyway. So I don't know why you'd be bothering to use that mode. You can write them down in the book. I, su- I suppose you could, yeah, yeah. I mean, pe- people may have done, but um, the, the mode people would have played most um, would have been GP mode um, because it's pretty damn good, actually. Um, so your goal in GP mode is to win uh, the three available cups. So you have the Mushroom Cup, the Flower Cup, and then the Star Cup. And if you beat all of those on 100cc, you also get to play the Special Cup as well. So once that's unlocked, does it stay unlocked? Do you know what? I'm not sure because I haven't play tested it um, enough. Because if it doesn't that. save your times, I don't I'm just wondering whether, like, you, imagine you have to just like every time you want to play the the 150 cc, you'd have to unlock it all Jesus, time. Man, the, the kids, the kids going wild next door. Oh really? She's trying to escape again. Oh god! <laughs> Do you need to sort that out? Yeah, put put a bigger lock on the cage. <laughs> but um. Yeah, man, you'd have to have um, have to have replayed it every time, I think, to unlock that, which would have been a ball ache. Um, so each of the um, the cups that you play consists of five laps around five different tracks, um, and obviously points are awarded to the top four races in each, um, which accumulate to give you an overall winner um, at the end. So it's pretty damn. You know, it's quite good. I, I think the the layout of how they've done the cups is is, is nice and. Uh, you know, it's. I think it's pretty well done. So, the gameplay itself is set across uh, an enforced split screen when you're playing single player. Yeah, you've got like a little. Uh, you've got your perspective at the top, haven't you? And then you have yeah. a map at the bottom. It's really cool, actually. I find that super handy. That's really good. You know, it's quite inventive for the time that this came out. And you can also switch it between the map and the rear view camera as well. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's also really handy. Um, so you obviously chuck out a banana at the right time or whatever. Um, in two-player mode, that obviously... always got always oh. got to find the best moment to chuck out your banana. <laughs> that's all. That's a message to take. Always from when this. the when the princess is coming past. <laughs> <laughs> oi, oi, princess! <laughs> Have a banana. 
But uh, in two-player mode, that obviously switches to the uh, the second-player screen, so you lose that. Um, controls in this, you've talked about it in the in when you're talking about the. Yeah, so the controls game. are really snappy, aren't they? Like you turn, you turn, you can you can hit the right bumper to like do a little hop and initiate yeah. a drift. So that's kind of I like the controls are fucking way better on Mario Kart now than they were back. Oh on this. yeah, hundred percent. Um, so yeah. it is kind of hard to go back, and it doesn't drift as you want to, and the hop is a little bit bigger in the original Super Mario Kart than it is in the later ones. So mm. sometimes, you know, you'll you'll bank into a corner and you hit that hop button, and you end up halfway across the track. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's there are some limitations to it, aren't there? Certainly. Um, this was this is almost like a prototype of the of the. Of yeah, it exactly become. feels like that, and like the the content as well. Um, you know, it's very bare bones, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. I mean, the tracks are very limited. We're going to talk about those um, anyway. Um, and, you know, I don't know, though, because you've, you can do quite a lot in terms of... Well, the, the point of this game is to it's there to play with your mates. Yes. Yeah. And that's why every time is going to be different. You've got the battle mode as well. Every time is going to be different because you're playing with mates. Like, playing on your own is great, but... I, I do this with every Mario Kart. The, all the single player I want to do, I'll get through and I'll hit each track once. Yeah. With all the GPs, and I'm like, maybe I do it on the next like difficulty up, and then I'm kind of done. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Then it's then it becomes a multiplayer game for me. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely made for that, isn't it? It's it's completely it, it lends itself to multiplayer. Um, it's such a good party game, one of the best I think that's out there. Um, I mean, fact- Mario Kart's ubiquitous with with non-gamers as much as it is gamers, like every person yeah. like, would be really surprised to say to someone, have you heard of Mario Kart? And they say no. Well, exactly, yeah. I think everyone's probably had a go on it at least. Um, but yeah, obviously um, on each track as well, you, you touched on this as well, that there's um, there's various power-ups that the player can pick up to use against their opponents. Um, you've got the shells that you can fire, the, the banana skins, mushrooms, which increase your speed, the star from the, the Mario world, which makes you invincible. Um now you get those by running over a Mario style um, cube, yeah, but it's not a you cube. Hit item boxes, don't you? Yeah, but they're flat um, because of the graphical limitations. Um, they are. Well, also, you, you, if, if you hit, yeah, they don't because in the later games they're like floating, translucent. Yes. Things and these are like pressure pads on the floor, aren't exactly, they? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with the coins that you pick up as well. They, they're represented by sort of flat icons on the floor. Yeah, what the fuck do coins do in Mario Kart, by the way? I think they in make you Mario faster, Kart. I thought. No, I, thought. I've, no, I don't think they do. No? I, I, maybe that's just a, a mental thing that I uh, thought they did. Otherwise, they serve no purpose. Although, in the later ones... Apparently, one, every, every... Yeah, up to 10 coins, you get a small speed... Boost. That's in like Mario Kart 8, so who knows? Whether they do on this one, I don't know. Um, but they're there anyway. Um, and you can lose them by getting hit by a, another player's um, the power-up they've picked up, or you can you lose them by hitting into another player, which I didn't like as well. It kind of annoyed me. don't think that happens in the later ones. But I mean, overall, the gameplay in this, it's fast, it's relentless. You know, it's fun. It is fun. It's, it's a good challenge. Um, as we've touched upon, it's such an assault on the eyes after a few races that I don't think I could play this for a, a long period of time. <laughs> nah. Should we, should we run through the cups? Yeah, let's do that. Yep. Mushroom cup. So I didn't realise there's levels here. I didn't even fucking know there was different layouts to the levels. I just thought I was playing the same one again. <laughs> um, so mushroom cup, you've got Mario Circuit 1. Yep. Which is like your, your, it's your standard. GP, like, yeah, it's like a, a loop with a kink in it. 
Um, it's pretty pretty dull out. You're on sand with some grass in the middle. You yep. need the donut planes. I kind of like the donut planes. You get the pokies on them. You've got the big wide corners. Mm. Um, but you know that's then you've got Ghost Valley. There's a few of these Ghost Valley levels. They're kind of cuntish because you have these disappearing blocks on the side. So yeah, there's hard, holes man. appear in the tracks and you slide off. But mm-hmm. killer music on them. Um, uh, you got the first Bowser Castle level, which is just like series of straights with some jumps and fire in it. Yeah. These are cool. Yeah, what do you I think like of the them? Castle ones. They're, I mean, they're, they're the I I like them, but they're also the hardest ones for me. Um, I okay, yeah, because of the swamps. Yeah, because of the bloody blocks that come down. And I d- yeah. I don't like the ghost valleys. They're the ones I die on. Okay. Okay. So yeah, and then you end on Mario Circuit two, don't you? So it's really similar to the first one, but it's like a slightly more elaborate, just, isn't it? Yeah, different track layout. And there's a lot of this in it. These are you know, similar-themed levels. Well, they're all set um, around so like a square, aren't they? And then the tracks within that square. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, like we said, that was the limitations then. So, and most of these, you're going to start seeing repeats. So you've got Choco Island 1, which is like a mud level. Yeah. Um, yeah, track's a little less defined on that. Then you're straight... This is on the um the Flower Cup. Flower Cup. Then, yeah. And the, the tracks are supposed to increase in difficulty as we go through in this order. You jump into Ghost Valley 2, which, um, yeah, you're starting to get into a few. I mean, again, it's hard to describe. These are just the same kind of tracks with more right corners. But one thing like I struggle with Ghost Valley is the corners are all right angles, like 90 degree right angles. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're really tough to negotiate, like, especially with the handling on, on this game. Mm. It's it's impossible. I think the easiest level. levels are probably like the donut planes. Yeah, because you've got a bit more room to manoeuvre, haven't you? Yeah. Um, then we're on to donut planes 2. Uh, Bowser Castle 2, and then another Mario Circuit. These Mario Circuits really start to look like real racetracks at this point, don't yeah, they? Yeah, you've got hairpins and all sorts. Third one starts with my favourite level. So this is the Star Cup, yeah. Cooper yeah, Beach. the Cooper Beach. That's my favourite level. I really like this. This is like a an archipelago yeah, of it's... islands connected by shallow water. So you're just racing to the next piece of sand. It's not really no like, like a racetrack, is it? No. It's that's why it's really cool. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's, it's probably my favourite as well. Yeah. Then you've got Choco Island Two, which has the biggest like mud patch in the middle. It's super annoying. <laughs> yep. Then you get onto the obligatory ice level, Vanilla Lake. I hate the ice levels because they've got the yeah. blocks that stop you in your tracks, um, and they're impossible to avoid unless you reflexes of a, I don't know, ice like. Ice levels in racing games are like swimming levels in platformers. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not completely fan. unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the best Bowser's Castle level. Yeah, this one's quite a challenge, actually. Uh... Yeah, well, I like this because you've got some platforms that you have to jump from one to another, but they're not in a line. There's like different options you can take, and yeah. And if you manage to hit someone with your items on those like jumping sections, you can yeah, you can screw people up on them. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, and then back onto Mario Circuit Four, which is you know we're getting close to Silverstone levels of detail now. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot more elaborate this time, isn't it? It's got that start straight as well. It looks really mm. cool. Um, and then yeah, the the final thing that you do unlock is so this is the, the special challenge. cup. Uh, special cup, sorry, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you've got the um, another donut plans level, um, another Cooper Beach level. This time you race around the outskirts of an island. So I'm not, I'm not as keen on that one. Uh, a super shitty Ghost Valley level that's like got loads of steps and staggers in it. Mm. Um, Vanilla Lake 2, which is basically a great big hole in the ice that you race on the outside of. 
Yeah, and then possibly the most famous track in Mario Kart, yeah. the Rainbow yeah. Road. Insane track. Uh, well, there's no edges. So, you know, I mean, on the original Rainbow Road was not that insane in no. terms of the layout. No, no, like not some layout. Of the later ones go wild. But it's just in terms of like the fact you can fall off anywhere, and it's just it's super hard. Um, with this, you know, with the controls you've got on this one, it's uh, it's solid. So that's the tracks, really. And as you say, I think there's limitations to this in what they could do with it, um, with you know the software that sorry the hardware that they had. Um, that, what are your thoughts on uh, on the tracks that they put into this overall? Yeah, I th- I, th- I think the designs are cool, but I think it is really clearly they're operating within a limited space. And like you said, the more I look at all of this, the more this is feels like a prototype rather than a finished yeah, a finished product. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, they're having to reuse... There's a lot of reused um, color palettes, and it w- would have been nice if those uh, that series of tracks were all unique. But, I mean, there's a lot of tracks, and there's good different options, and there's a lot of hours fun in multiplayer on this. I think multiplayer... And we're going, we're going back having played... You know Mario Kart Eight. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's hard to go back and compare it when you've got Mario Kart Eight. Which yeah, it's like it's amazing. like we're, we're undoubtedly going to be having a very similar conversation when we play Goldeneye eventually. Yeah, probably. Um, but I, as you say, the multiplayer is absolute king. Um, and even with the limitations, this is a lot of fun to play with your friends because um, you get that you know that rivalry going. You push someone into the lava and stuff, and it's it's still going to be like a good challenge for each other so yeah without diving probably into the course layouts because there's absolutely nothing to say about it and what were your thoughts on battle mode battle mode is well yeah there's nothing to say on the layouts but it's i mean it's almost an arbitrary mode that they stuck on top yeah um, i always thought battle mode was shit yeah it seems like oh we need to stick something else in that isn't just going around the track but it doesn't it doesn't seem that fun to me like i, I wouldn't really have had much enjoyment playing it um, I always find with battle mode, you like you go past someone, and then both people will be trying to turn around to face each other at the same time, mm. and then all of a sudden you'll see each other at like the last second, then you've gone past them again. Yeah, and I just I find the racing so much more fun. Yeah, I mean you're given like your three balloons on your cart, and you have to pop them with the items, don't you? So it's like yeah, it's it's very weird. Yeah, it's it's not for me, um, and it seems a bit tacked on. Um, let's just talk about the reception of this. Yeah, yeah. So, Super Mario Kart received positive reviews. I mean, I mean it's, it's remembered as an all-time classic. Personally, I think Mario Kart really started progressing um, later on in the N64 and GameCube era. I mean, GameCube Mario Kart Double Dash is one of my favourite of all times. I know some people feel differently about that. I, and it's reached now almost perfection. I think so. With the most recent releases, yeah, definitely. Um now it's it's a case of i mean that's why if you look now on switch uh mario kart 8 deluxe which is a port of a wii u game yeah is still week in week out one of the best selling games that says a lot um, doesn't it i mean they don't need to they haven't made mario kart 9 because they don't fucking need to nah there's not when... don't forget nintendo don't drop the prices of their first party game so it's a top selling game and it's still 50 quid yeah they must make an absolute packet off that um it's, it's like it's up there with like a Grand Theft Auto. It's yeah. so ubiquitous and it's so evergreen that you buy a Nintendo console, you buy Mario Kart. Everybody knows it, don't they? That's the thing. And like everyone I, knows I it's like a go-to. 
it's it's just that, it's just that thing, isn't it? You buy Nintendo, you buy Mario Kart, even yeah. more than the Mario platformers. I, yeah, I think so because it's got well because of the fact of the direction Nintendo have gone over the last few years. They are that party games console, aren't they? Um, you know, so I think it's it's a lot of people's go to for having like a console in the living room to play with their friends. Yeah. So anyway, it was received positive reviews at the time, praise for its presentation, innovation, and the use of Mode Seven graphics. It's been ranked amongst the greatest games of all time by several organizations, including Edge, IGN, The Age, and GameSpot. While Guinness World Records named it as the top console game ever. Wow. Okay. Even more than Super Mario Brothers Three. Jesus. You know. That's yeah. It is often credited with creating the kart racing subgenre of video games, leading other developers to try and duplicate its success. The game is also seen as having been key to expanding the Mario series into non-platforming games. Well, I, I would agree with that. Um. This diversity has led it to becoming the best-selling game franchise of all time. Several sequels to Super Mario Kart have been released for consoles, handhelds, and arcades, each enjoying critical and commercial success. While some elements have developed throughout the series, the core experience from Super Mario Kart remains intact. And as a legacy thing, that says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. That Yes, this was a prototype, but they got it right. They set the ground. All the, all the, all the elements are there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They and set they the ground well. really well, didn't they? Um, I think you know it's it's it, in terms of if you look back at Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart, and then look at Mario Kart today, all those core elements are still there. Um, so they must have, you know, that they. It's the same game. Like, it's just upgraded, isn't it? So, you know, yeah, it's the same game. They haven't had to. I mean, the gameplay's refined. The drifts. I mean, the way that drifts control in Mario Kart is like fucking on point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's lightning quick then, and it's it's the same today. Um, but as we said, I think if I was to give my overall thoughts on this, I think the game does mainly shine when you're playing multiplayer. That's what it's there for. Um, I think the character models look pretty nice in this, the carts. Yeah, so, well, it's because they're sprite-based character models rather than 3D, isn't it? Yeah. And the carts are sprite-based. Um, I mean, this is not a true 3D game, so... No, but, you know, it, 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 it does add to the... Uh, the enjoyment of it you've got those characters there recognizable they look good um as you said there's some limitations on the tracks the the fact that the as he's talked about it with the graphical limitations where it's a bit of a, a an eyesore at times when you're trying to take everything in when you go around the track so fast um but as we said it set the groundwork for one of the best multiplayer games in history so um i think that leads us on to where we're gonna score this one so, so, Ad, I want you to read now. We have got a new review scale, and I've written you a little introduction for this. Can you read that, please? <laughs> I haven't seen this yet. <laughs> okay, just read, read it on, on the fly. The new 8-bit shit scale on behalf of the People's <laughs> Democratic Republic of Wales <laughs> and our supreme leader, Griff Rhys-Jones. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, I'm glad I didn't read that before I came on. That's amazing. Oh Jesus! So, so this is the scale. I want to tell people a bit about what this is because we're, you know, we've been talking a lot recently about um, representation in gaming of ethnic minorities. Yeah. And if there's ever an underrepresented minority, it's got to be the Welsh. Absolutely, yeah, it is. Um, so we decided to come up with our own scale to more <laughs> accurately represent that for our score system. Yeah. So um, if we rate, and this the is game, the eight, the eight bit shit scale. The eight bit shit scale, yeah. That's the uh... on behalf of the People's Democratic Republic of Wales and our supreme leader, Griff Rees Jones. Thank you. So, if we were to rate a game as one, which would be the lowest, it's a five-point scale. This is, isn't it? 
Yes, five point scale. So the lowest score on this is proper naff. <laughs> the next score up from that is a bit, bit shit. shit. <laughs> Three, all right. Four is proper tidy. And if it was the best score, we're going to say that it's... The, hi- the highest accolade you can get from us is... Bang in. <laughs> so that's our new scale, and that's how we'll be rating games from now on. And that that is the official scale of Wales. It is. Yeah, if you go to Wales, that's what score you'll get allocated. <laughs> As a person. <laughs> As a person, yeah. You're proper tidy. Or you're you, might also get called, you might also get called butt. Yes, you will. Which is very strange. It means mate. Um, I wonder, I wonder what Ken makes of this because I bet they have all sorts of odd words in Ireland as well. Oh, hundred percent they do. But yeah, we'll have to probe him on that at some point. So, where are we going to lie on this on the ship bit on the I, ship, eight bit shit scale? On the ship, the ship bit scale. <laughs> I like that. We should call it the ship bit scale. Maybe I am going to give Super Mario Kart a rating of proper tidy. I think that's fair. I agree. I agree. Cool. Well, that's been a good episode, Tom. I'm I think that. you know. I, th- I think. I think in reality, it's it's all right. But looking at the legacy of it, mm. you know, and and going back to when I played it at the time, I definitely thought it was proper tidy. Yeah, no, I did as well. I think it deserves that accolade because of the the groundwork it laid for the rest of the uh, the rest of the series. So that's what an accolade to be given. Definitely proper tidy. Oh, when when proper we get tidy. when we when we get that Wikipedia shout out of that happy hour gaming rated it as proper tidy <laughs> i can't wait for that awesome cool man well thanks very much for uh, for joining me again and um if uh, you guys want to check us out uh go to our website happyhourgaming.net we can find links to all of our podcasts um yeah we, we have we have several shows rocking about the place now we've got the happy hour gaming podcast which is our news current affairs and serious discussions show except it's never really that serious i mean it's me and ken like hashing it out over games yeah yeah um and we've got the six out of ten club so that's new which is about about movies that the press officially rated as all right (laughs) and um obviously we've got the 8-bit shit show so yeah check us out and come and chat with us on discord on twitter facebook we're on all of those platforms so check us out and uh, say hello cool and ad i will see you shortly for the next thing we're recording which will come out far before this thing it will indeed so i will see you shortly thanks Tom. cool thanks buddy speak soon speak soon